listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Hands on deck and sings in trembling tones. Oh, how I wish I was in Peoria, Peoria tonight. Oh, how I miss the Goyles in Peoria. Brown. Low house. Good at the goals. That's it. And the kids stormed the court, and if you look closely, there was a guy wearing a media credential right in the scrum celebrating Bradley's improbable comeback. Down 18 in the title game against Northern Iowa, the Bradley Braves, those fighting Braves, are going to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2006, as Kevin Harlan said. Sounded better when he said it than when I did. Chuck Marlowe, a proud Bradley alum. We all thought he went to Ohio State. It's so confusing. We thought he went to Michigan State or Northern Michigan. But no, Bradley is his team. Chuck, how was it to be there in the building and then to rush the court? Well, hello, Martin. First of all, great production there. I'm sure Brian Hoffman put that together with that fantastic song and the call. And uh, I have to say, I think it was my second favorite sports memory ever being there in person with the fact that it was so improbable. Bradley scored 15 points in the first half. And I'm thinking to myself, if you're watching that game on national TV on CBS, the second half, even though Bradley's a second half team, 18 points felt like 30 at that point when you only score 15. So what an amazing comeback. It was just awesome. And for Bradley, Bradley really does have a really good, long tradition of basketball going back to the 50s, but having not won the NBC tournament in 31 years and then not getting to the big dance in 13 years, it was just an amazing day. Wasn't it more fun? I said this to Frank. Isn't it more fun when you think your team is toast and you sort of mentally, you resign yourself to the fact, well, I guess I, I'm glad they at least, I don't I mean, I guess they at least got to the title. Like, did you tell yourself that during when they're down 18? Yeah, I'm sitting there with my buddy Brad, another Bradley grad, and I asked him this question. I said, in this game, would you rather lose by 16 and kind of know you're going to lose the whole game or lose by one at the end? And he said, I'd rather lose by one at the end. And that's how I felt, too, because for a while there, I mean, Northern Iowa was up big early. Then Bradley goes on a nine-zip run, get it to within whatever it was, three or four in the first half. But then Northern Iowa goes on another run and they have a 12-point lead at halftime. It's not really a game. And then second half, the first portion of the second half, it's not really a game. And I think when you get hyped up, when you get excited, I actually thought Bradley was going to win the game beforehand. And I'm, I'm very, I don't want to say negative, but I think I'm a realist in terms of how I look at things. I thought Bradley was going to lose the first two games of the tournament versus Missouri State and versus Loyola. Once they won, they beat Loyola as the top seed. And I thought getting you and I was a better draw than Drake. So I actually thought Bradley was going to win the game, and that's why the first half was so alarming. Bradley's always been a second-half team this year. I think they have something like eight comebacks in the second half. So your guy, Marquette grad Brian Wardle, seriously, he can coach. I don't know if he's going to jump after this year. Say they were to go on a little bit of a run, they're probably going to be a 15 seed and play a two seed. Brian Wardle can coach, and you can tell that because we always – we always joke with coaches about halftime adjustments. Bradley is almost always a better team in the second half. All right, most importantly, 
are you going wherever they end up is there is there a radius that you're willing to let, let's say i haven't looked at the matchups if they're in anaheim would you go and First of all, I think I'm off the first couple of days of the tournament, so maybe you can't go. But have you have you made a mental commitment to saying to a buddy or two, we got to go? Well, again, it kind of does uh, play into the old Fox 2 schedule. So we'll take a look. I might have to uh, run over to work right now and mark my name off on the calendar before anybody else can get there. Too late. But, no, it's fun. Now, look, I'll always – I'll be at Fox 2, and I'll look at Martin over there, and he's, he's really in-depth working on that night show but every once in a while martin might look at bracketology okay check where marquette is projected just every once in a while maybe like once every week or so right i've never had that i've never had the fun of checking bracketology because with all due respect bradley for 13 years is never in it so it was really fun yesterday checking all the different projections it seems like bradley's going to be a 15 seed i saw somewhere they were actually the weakest 15 remember there's there's six 16 seeds now with the playing game. I did see a projection, Bradley playing in Columbus, Ohio, six hours away. My sister lives there. It would be Bradley versus Tennessee. I've also seen Bradley, Kentucky in some projections. So Columbus, Ohio, that would be a pretty nice uh, little trip there. Chuck Bradley, 500 to one odds to win the NCAA tournament. Can we talk you into a hundred dollar bet? You can talk me into a five dollar bet. Actually, you don't have to talk me into it. I would just do that. Did you wait? Did you wager on them over the weekend? So I actually yes. Let me think. I went. I went. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of the exact bets though. I I went two and zero betting Bradley because I took them second half versus Loyola. You can almost hell. I, I want to look back. Bradley second half is a great bet. And then I took Bradley actually before the game minus one and a half to. Uh, to beat you and I. And that's why what's funny at the end there, if you remember, it's a one-point game, and A.J. Green, who, watching that kid play the whole game, and again, I'm sitting there talking to my buddy, I go, this guy's going to hit a 17-foot turnaround jumper at the buzzer to beat us. And remember, he hit that big shot Friday night against Southern Illinois. And that kid, you could just you could just see, he's a perfect type of basketball player for the Valley. Just fundamentally sound, hitting threes, getting good shots. I was surprised he missed that shot at the end. But then, of course, having to foul uh, allowed Bradley to win and cover. What was crazy about that game, though, was... Cover. So his, ever... team's, his team's going to the NCAA for the first time in 13 years, <laughs> and he's talking about cover. Hey, no, I said both. Hey, what's the old uh, adage? Good teams win, great teams cover. I can't remember a game, though, that was so, so changed and so hinged on that one... Uh, foul, the flagrant foul, where Bradley gets four free throws and then makes a bucket, and you have a six-point possession. That totally changed the game in the second half. Yeah, and I guess the enforcement of the rule, it wasn't that it was a flagrant as much as after a foul is called, if you then foul a player, it's a technical. It took him a while, even on the broadcast, to figure it out. Here's the worst part of that. You were at the game, uh, and Kevin Harlan, I said this earlier, when he's doing the game, it sounds bigger. Bradley fans probably enjoyed it even more because you had Harlan on the comeback call. But they go to Gene Serator, and I'm like, he's their rules expert. I'm like, wait a minute, is that the NFL ref? He was an NFL. But to be fair, he was also a college basketball ref. But they go to him, and they show the replay, and Kevin's like, all right, Gene, what do you got? He's like, boy, I don't know. This is going to be really interesting. I'm like, wait a minute, you're the rules guy. You can't say... Boy, I don't know. This is going to be really interesting to see what happens. 
I think it was a tough break for Northern Iowa. That's a tough call to swallow. But to Bradley's credit, the guy makes all four free throws. Then they convert on the reverse layup. A lot of fun for you. I know it's gratuitous Bradley talk, but if we're ever going to – we'll do it again in 13 years, Chuck. I'll be like, hey, welcome back to the, the midday grind. We'll still be the all-new 5-9. Live from the Gatesworth. It's the all-new. Franks, we got two for Frank. We don't really have energy for five for Frank. But <laughs> if we're ever going to do gratuitous Bradley talk, today's the day. I thought the big winners were the Valley because you had a great finish there, clearly. You got a team going to the tourney that hasn't been in a long time. Also CBS, because it is the beginning of March Madness, and that was a game that had a March Madness feel to it, a tournament feel. And then, of course, Chuck, who's now back at work, because he's a grinder. And uh, let's talk blues. You're at the rink. You tweeted out earlier. What do we know on the Pat Maroon injury? So right as I walk in, Pat Maroon, he, he goes down by the boards, far end of the ice from where I'm sitting. It, it looks bad. He's on the ice. Not rolling around, but but laying on the ice. He's carried off with, with Colton Pareto, and one of the trainers carry him off the ice. He's not putting any pressure on his right leg. It, it looked bad as he's coming off. And I came out to the car here about whatever it was, five, ten minutes ago to do this uh, beautiful little call in here. And then I saw on Twitter that Craig Ruby is, is just talking right now or just finished up, and he said he thinks it's not serious. So that would be – Obviously, great for the Blues because it really did look bad. And then that coming uh, on top of the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko out and will be reevaluated in 10 days. So he's going to miss, what, four or five games. A lot of the discussion today was about uh, Robert Thomas moving up to that top line. And obviously, everybody that Ryan O'Reilly plays with this year, David Perron all of a sudden going off. And Vladimir Tarasenko went off when he's put on that, or when O'Reilly's put on that top line with Shen. And that's another unfortunate thing is, I mean, look at, look at how great that top line was. And Schenner goes out for six games. He comes right back, and all of a sudden they're super productive again. And then just a couple games later, Vladimir Tarasenko goes out. But I think this is a great opportunity for Robert Thomas to get up there and, and see what he can do uh, in his rookie season on one of the best lines in the NHL. You are a hockey guy. She's calling him Schenner now. Hockey but, guy. By the way, while you're doing this uh, award-winning, I believe, radio head, according to Brad Stravenger, this is an award-winning hit that's going on right now. Uh, Frank, colleague here, just tweeted out that it will be Bennington in goal. First of all, I'm surprised that they announced it because there's usually all this gamesmanship, which is sort of silly. I like the fact that they took the guessing out of it because I think even in the room it's easier just to say it. We talked about it earlier, and I said, I think he'll go with Bennington because that's been his default lately is when in doubt, that's the guy, even though Jake played well two games. I don't think that's enough to – flip the switch on what's been working overall. So I'm not surprised, but I guess there was at least a little debate whether you ride Jake one more time. So how about this? This is teamwork because you mentioned Frank. I'm parked right by him. I have the window down in my car. Frank Cusimano is here. I'm going to put you on speaker, and Frank can give you the quick update on all things blues. Here we go. Here's Frank Cusimano. Tell us about uh, Chief. What did Chief say? Chief said that Pat Maroon is going to be just fine. He's okay, which shocked all of us because we thought this could be a long time. He also said Jordan Bennington will be between the pipes tomorrow night. That's it from the Update Center here at the Outlet Mall in Hazelwood. I'm Frank Cusimano. Let's send it back to our studios. Thank you, Frank. I think that was... uh... The Key Mall Sports Desk, I believe. That that, was. That was the Key Mall Sports (laughs) Desk that brought us that blues. Yes, of course. (laughs)
Uh, well, Chuck, we look forward to You know what that is right there? No. I want to say something. That is Team 590. That is. We are Team 590. We might compete on the local TV level, but when it comes to sports talk radio, no better station in town. We are Team 590. To be fair, that was a scoop that is widely available. So it's not like Frank could lie. No, no, moment. but it was what Charlie's pointing out here, Wet Blanket. He's pointing out the fact that we are <laughs> yeah. all on the same team trying to provide the most in-depth analysis and information as it happens right here on Team America. No, Team 590. I'm sorry. Right. sorry. Hey, 590 the fan today at Blue Skate. Myself, Frank Cusimano, David Solomon. We're talking triple coverage. Right. Triple yeah. coverage. Blues coverage. No you Doug, can count on No Doug Vaughn? No KMOV? Yeah, those guys. Where are they? Sound now asleep? you mentioned that, uh, I'll tell you what. i tell you what. Maybe it's an exclusive for uh, five and two today. I don't know. Look at that. We'll put up a little banner. We'll put it. We'll call it a sort of exclusive on the uh, two Fox later day. All right, Chuck. Look forward to seeing you in studio tomorrow. Did he answer the question? Is he only going to Bradley if it's in Columbus? What if it's in the on the East Coast? Come on, you got to go. There's one in Hartford. Go to well, Hartford, again, Chuck. I saw Hartford. San Jose. Des Moines is a site. Right? Des Moines, Iowa. Maybe. I saw San Jose. I think a lot of it comes down to Fox 2. I have to say, I have some scheduled vacations planned coming up. I want to be a good teammate, of course. Martin Martin is uh, famous because his birthday, of course, is on St. Patty's Day. He always likes to take that first week of the tournament off, celebrate his birthday, go on a little vacation. Lord, a week-long celebration? Not, now that, yeah, it's kind of like... No, it's kind of like, you know how a 16-year-old girl, they celebrate for the first <laughs> month? Yeah. Martin, Martin. Fake news, fake news. I'll be at work next Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> Tulsa is hosting for opening What if Marquette round? and Bradley are in the same quadrant? Whatever that is. Ooh. Same pod. Marquette ruined the chances of there being a matchup. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, because we might be a 15 seed pretty soon here. <laughs> this keeps up. Chuck, we look forward to seeing you in studio tomorrow, buddy. I'm happy for you. I know you're excited. Were you dusting off some old Bradley gear that you hadn't worn in years? I have a Bradley T-shirt I wore yesterday. It's not my lucky T-shirt. My dad got it for me. All my other stuff, my Bradley stuff, was like, doesn't 18, fit. 19 old pit stains. <laughs> I got a nice fresh red shirt, and it was my lucky shirt. We also we changed locations of seating in the second half, and that's probably what really sparked Bradley to a victory. I think uh, Brian Wardle referenced that in, in the postgame. By the way, Floyd Irons, friend of the show, said he was there. He said, Bradley looked terrible. I left at halftime, but congratulations to Charlie and Bradley <laughs> on the big win. They did. They had even... I know this is more than most people care about, but even when they were down by like 13 or 14, they had two possessions. They literally just threw the ball away. to the, And I'm like, this is the worst championship game I've ever seen. But I hung in there for your sake, and it got better. And, uh, again, congrats. We'll get back to the uh, red hot takes that we're always on top of. We'll do that tomorrow. All right, I'll be listening the last 13 minutes. Hope for, hopefully it's a good uh, strong, end of the day, okay? Strong, strong. And this is Chuck. That's Chuck's way of saying you're getting rid of me. What do you clowns have? That's basically oh, what he's saying. So Brad Strobinger pointed out that last week was an epic week for us. I don't really remember any of the shows, so we got a lot to get to. I think Luke Perry was one week ago. Yes, it was. Obit, rest yeah. in peace, and that sort of prompted a lot well, of discussion about his film work. Uh, eight seconds. We had the big segment about uh, Fred's on Friday. Fred's Just naming yes. random Fred's for about ten minutes. That's right. That was a good moment for us. I enjoyed that segment. All right, Chuck, we'll talk to you tomorrow. That was the uh, equivalent of the text exchange. We're like, all right, sounds good. And the person writes back, yep, you got it. Yep. See you tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. Like, and you, 
Like, when does it end? That's like a thumbs up emoji at the end. Gotta go. Yep. Is thumbs up mean it's over? Yes. That's how I read it. Someone gives a thumbs up or the okay signal, that means, okay, we're done. Like, I have nothing else to add. Right. Thumbs up, pal. Triad Bank brings you Take It to the Bank when we check the text line, which we've forgotten to do this hour, which sort of happens. It's okay. 855-282-8255. You can take it to the bank. In fact, you can take your business to Triad Bank, located in Frontenac on Clayton Road. So wherever you live, it's easy. You hop off Lindbergh and Highway 40. It is right there near the intersection of Clayton and Lindbergh. It's about a block west. On Clayton Block West of Lindbergh. Triadbanking.com is their website, and they are a St. Louis-based bank. Started here. Founded here. So when the decisions are being made, maybe your business is looking to expand, you meet with them. Those decisions are made right here in St. Louis. Neighborhood-friendly bank. They always have people. Actually, people behind the counter. How many times have you walked into your bank, and there's a giant counter, and you look, and there's like one teller. That's it. Go to Triad Bank. They actually have people working there. What a novel concept. Great folks. For all your banking needs, it's Triad Bank. You can take it to the bank, 855-282-8255. And we occasionally read those texts. Hoff, I've already forgotten. I think one topic was, when is it too early to call somebody? Who should play in goal, Binner or Jake? It's going to be Binner. It's going to be Binner. Chief made that announcement. There is no uh, debate. That's going to be tomorrow at Enterprise Center, the Blues hosting. Arizona. I've forgotten all the random topics. It doesn't matter. We'll get to that when we when we have time. But it's also time for the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Just to be clear, and one of our texters caught on to this, and I'm glad they did because I was thinking the exact same thing. Charlie was watching the game yesterday, sitting with Brad the Bradley grad. When he said that, I actually thought, that's weird. A guy named Brad went to Brad. It's like a weird sitcom name. How many are, how many universities or colleges are even where it's, like a girl named Sienna could go to Sienna. Yes. I guess Charlotte could go to UNC Charlotte. I remember there was one year, I believe Bradley played Pittsburgh in the NCAA tournament, and the scoreboard read Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. You're right, but how many times? There's no guy named UCLA. Oh, what's the deal, Dan? Is there a guy named UCLA? I guess you could have Washington, but that's a last name. Yeah. Is there a University of Dallas? Dallas Keuchel goes to Dallas. Oh. But for the most part. You can name your kid Wake. Yeah. Clemson. Is that a name? Clemson. Yeah. There's not a lot of options. You're right. Bradley. Yeah. Anybody's, did anybody name their kid Carbondale? That would be weird. So Brad was not Brad Strobinger that was sitting no, with him. It was, it was Brad, Brad, the Bradley from Brad, Brad. Brad from Bradley. I like that name. Uh, Blues, by the way, this year are 27-10-3 and three in games in which Vladimir Tarasenko records a point. So that is kind of a big loss. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I didn't know those numbers. But my gut would be that they're better when he plays. I and would agree with that gut. Good gut, Martin. Thank you. And he, historically, if you look at it, he plays a ton of games. Yes. It was like four years in a row he played 81, 82, 80, 81, 82. And it's amazing because one thing that he gets knocked for, right, is always his conditioning or physical fitness, whatever. That's come up over the years. But the guy plays, almost never misses games. I think last year missed a few. but He, missed, before he played 80 games last year. He's played 80 or more in the previous three seasons. Played 77 in 2014, 2015. Only one year has he failed to play. Uh, more than 70 games. And I need to check, was that a strike year? It was not. 
2013-2014, he only played 64 games? That's one of the elements yeah. to his, his game, though, that doesn't get talked about a lot. So, obviously, he's not going to hit the 80 mark this year. Tarasenko to be reevaluated in 10 days. Uh, Chuck is right. Bradley does kind of turn it on a little bit in the second half. Throughout the course of the year, the average 29.7 points in first half play. Second half, 36.2 points per game. Hey, Coach, how come you guys are so much better in the second half? Uh, me. <laughs> it's uh, adjustments that make it happen. Maybe Brian Wardle can teach another Marquette coach what yeah. to do in the second half. How come you're so bad in the first half? Why don't you make those adjustments earlier? Like before the game? Before. <laughs> how come you're not adjusting before the game, Coach? Remember when Lee Corso nuked Pinkle at halftime? Oh, as they were playing Troy, and Lee Corso said, well, look at these numbers here. It was something about when he trails at halftime. And he basically said he's not a good coach because he doesn't do halftime adjustments. And then Pinkle got pissed at Lee Corso. This is going back. Well, you probably were in, like, kindergarten. <laughs> it happens. Uh, fun matchup in uh, Jupiter today. Jack Flaherty against Max Scherzer. Cardinals trail one nothing. Flaherty one earned over three innings with a two strikeouts and a walk. It is a good matchup. Yeah, I think his day might be done now or not. They have a Disney hit, so I can't. It tell. is amazing. They've been in camp now. Has it been a month? I don't remember spring training, like when I was a kid, lasting this long, like fifteen years ago. And maybe we weren't paying attention. It could be that, but it does seem like it lasts forever. So they've been there, like a month. Miles Michaelis has made two starts. I mean, they've been and like Wainwright has pitched a total of nine innings, but they've been down there for a month. Uh three one four. What if you had twins and named them William and Mary? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's good. Give them a prize. Yes. Uh, by the way, the commission. You got a prize over there? We can give them. We'll find a prize. Um, we have like a piece of paper. Uh, the commission. Piece of paper. The commission did agree with Frank's uh, analysis of Marcel's. Fitness? Fitness. Physique? That John Mozeliak questioned kind the question, right? Kind of snarky about, yeah, saying why you, know, why you questioning you bring fitness, up? probably because he looked at him and thought. I saw him. Well, that's a, that's a bigger fellow than I recall. Uh, so there you go. That's Commission Frank on one side, John Mozeliak on the other. Commission confirmed that Ozuna may not be in the best shape. Yes. Brett so, Cecil's in too good a shape, lost too much too weight. Much weight now they're saying he's losing more weight in camp. He's going to meet with the physical, tra the training team, on how to gain weight. Huh? Maybe you could ask Ozuna. Zuna? <laughs> just put Marcelo Zuna. One thousand percent surprised that wasn't a Charlie Marlowe joke. But. Just put Marcelo Zuna and Brett Cecil in a room together and say, "Okay, exchange trade secrets. You teach him how to lose weight. You teach him how to gain." You know, and and in Chuck's defense, this is his day. It's a big day for Bradley yeah. and Chuck. Yeah. Uh, the idea that he's like morbidly obese or something has just been way overstated over the years. I think TMA listeners had fun with that. But we were going back and forth, having fun. Let's check his heart rate as that Bradley game's unfolding. Uh, our guy Patrick Walsh, CBC communications director, said we may need to check his blood alcohol rate, which was a great point. And then somebody else chimed in on Twitter and said something about what he had to eat. Or then they hashtag lardass. I'm like, Aww. I'm like, I don't think Chuck's a lardass. No. I gotta, to be fair. Hey, it's the what day. What did you with on Twitter the other day? What's oh, it? You got Tubby or Chubby. Tubby, the tubby oh, or Chubby? Oh, it was uh, Pump the Brakes Chubby. chubby. Yeah. Pump the Brakes Chubby. I forget what. That is a great segment. Pump, Pump the, the Brakes, brakes Chubby. chubby. Uh, hey, today, since the day after, uh, Leap Forward for Daylight Savings, 
It's also National Nap Day. Martin, do you know how long the recommended nap is? Recommended nap? Yes, that's the most beneficial nap is how long? Hour and a half. No, 20 to 30 minutes. This type of nap uh, provides significant benefit for improved alertness and performance without leaving you feeling groggy or interfering with sleeping at night. If you take a nap too late in the day, it might affect your nighttime sleep patterns and make it difficult to fall asleep at your regular bedtime. If you try to take it too early in the day, your body may not be ready for more sleep. Uh, a study at NASA on sleepy military pilots, which is nice, sleepy pilots, and astronauts found that I think they're at the pageant on Saturday, <laughs> sleepy pilots. Found that a 40-minute nap improved performance by 34% and alertness, get this, by 100%. Now, can you do that? I can do it. Yes. I can lay down for 30 minutes, fall asleep, and get up and actually feel good. I can do the power naps. So a lot yeah. of people just cannot do that. I have no problem with a power nap. Jack Buck was famous for it. He used to tell people the key to have an energy. You got a nap, brother. Yeah, power nap. Napping is great. In fact, I usually, probably usually around 1140 each day, I take a little power nap. And then Frank packs his stuff up and leaves, and I, and I get really alert. And I sit up and go, wait a minute, Frank's leaving. Uh, though one study has indicated that napping is associated with increased risk of heart failure in people already at risk. It doesn't make sense. To be sense. fair, I think everyone's at risk of heart failure because eventually everyone's heart fails. That's the end of the day. Well, there's a beautiful closing thought. <laughs> Jerry Springer's final thoughts. Hey, your heart's going to stop. You're all going to die. That's the end of the show. Wow. A very uplifting Monday here. Uh, Hot Shots wants to give you tickets. Tickets to the opening home opener. Day. Home opener, rather. I guess opening day is technically in Milwaukee. I, but... how that's, I guess opening day is still the home opener. Yes. But the season begins in Milwaukee. season begins in Milwaukee in just over two weeks. But at the end of the month... Cardinals will host the Padres, and Budweiser wants to send you to that game. Machado, Goldschmidt, a lot of star power. All throughout March, go to any of the 11 area hot shots locations and enter to win tickets to opening day. Courtesy of Budweiser, winners will be drawn and announced on March 29th. While you're at Hot Shots, grab some great deals on Bud Family Pints every Tuesday night or Bud Family Pitchers every Saturday night. Nothing goes with Cardinals baseball like an ice-cold Budweiser at Hot Shots. All right, coming up next, it's the hard line right here on, is it still the all-new? It is, yeah. As still of still the all-new when you and Frank are broadcasting from the Gatesworth, <laughs> trying to find people in your Rolodex who are still, you know, doing still, stuff. Still, with us. still doing Still stuff. relevant. Yes. All right, the hard line is next. Congratulations.